Welcome. We're really glad you're here worshiping with us today. And let me remind you that we miss you very much. And we can't wait for the time when we're able to, uh, to see you again. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And on that day, they were all gathered together in one place. That's how the story begins. That verse of scripture has never meant that much to me until now. I took it for granted that they all gathered together in one place. That was the assumption. But today I'm saddened that we all can't be together in one place. And there's no need to belabor that point. We are frustrated by it and we know it to be true all too well. However, in another strange way, we really are all together in one place. It's a hard place. It's a place of loss and it's a place of grief. We have a shared trauma. More than any other moment in my lifetime, the people of this planet are all facing a common threat that knows no boundaries. All of us in one way or another are praying, hoping, waiting for God to breathe on us and to speak the words we long to hear, peace be with you, receive my Holy Spirit. Pentecost was originally a Jewish festival. It was to celebrate not only the spring harvest, but also the gift of the Ten Commandments. The word itself was from the Greek Pentecostus, which, mean, which meant 50th, 50 days after Passover. On that day, 120 believers, disciples and others, were gathered in Jerusalem and things began to happen. Fantastic things, unbelievable things, a violent wind, tongues of fire, bold preaching from the same one who had denied Jesus three times, a mass baptism with 3,000 converts. But as much as we are all drawn to the drama of that day, the heart of the Pentecost story wasn't about the spectacle it was about the Holy Spirit showing up and transforming ordinary, imperfect, and frightened people into the church. How God interrupted our humdrum, yawning ways of engaging the sacred and creating something new. And above all, it's a story about how God has led us out of our tribalism and into a radical new way of engaging our neighbors. Here's how it went. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The crowd was amazed because each one of them heard in their own native tongue. That there were many languages represented that day in Jerusalem is no surprise. Jews from all over the Mediterranean basin, diaspora Jews, were there to celebrate the Pentecost holiday. Of course there were dozens of language, languages available that day. Do any of you speak more than one language? If you do, then you are probably best equipped to understand the miracle of this moment because you know better than the rest of us that language is about far more than grammar and vocabulary. 
Language is about culture, history, psychology, and spirituality. It is the ability to connect across barriers. Terry will be horrified that I'm going to share this story. We honeymooned in Italy. Among the places we visited there was Tuscany, where we stayed in a 10th century castle built by Pope Leo IV for his daughter, named Castella Leonina. We drove one day into the city of Siena. We found ourselves winding through a small alley, a narrow alley that was packed with people. No cars except ours, and there we were trying to dodge people as we drove along this alley. Now, Terry had done her best to learn some Italian phrases, and she kept an Italian-English translation guide with her just in case we needed it. I myself was content to try and rely on my charm alone. I'll pause here for the laughter to die down. As we weaved our way through that alleyway, I decided to make an ill-advised left turn. The next thing we knew, we had driven a motorized vehicle onto the city's main piazza, the place where hundreds and hundreds of people gathered every day to share their culture and their friendship and their love. And there was exactly one car. That was ours. In no time at all, there was one of those very sharply dressed Italian police officers who came toward us. Terry was feverishly turning pages in the Italian guide looking for the right phrase to use. And when this policeman arrived at my window, I lifted up my hands and yelled, Senor, we are lost. He smiled that sad, knowing smile that you give the poor fool who knows nothing. He motioned for me to follow him along and he guided us off the piazza. We couldn't communicate with him, but he could communicate with us. And that saved us that day. I've taken many teams, uh, mission teams to places like Mexico and Cuba. And every time I returned saddened because I could not fully connect with the people. Those experiences would have been so much richer had I been able to speak the language of the place that I went. When the disciples and the other believers began to speak in foreign tongues, the crowds understood them. And that was what baffled them. Nobody that day was baffled by the message. The message came through loud and clear. What baffled them was that God would decide to speak to them in their own language, as if to say, this spirit-drenched place, this body of the risen Christ, this newborn church is yours. You are not an alien here. We speak your language too. Come on in. Welcome. You are home. Now that took courage on both parts, the speaker and the hearers, to suspend disbelief and embrace the miracle of that day. Not everybody could do it. In fact, a good many of the people there sneered and said, nothing new here. This isn't God. This is just a bunch of blubbering idiots who've had too much to drink. God's choice of the birthday of the church to make the point that we must all speak to and listen to each other was not an accident. There are many people who believe that Pentecost was the reversal of the Genesis story of the Tower of Babel. You remember that story? 
The Hebrew people wanted to get to God physically and believing that God was up in the sky, they built this enormous tower to try to reach God. It was a foolish attempt and it would never work, but God decided to punish them for con- and he did that by confusing their language so that they could no longer understand each other. Some folks believe Pentecost was the fix for Babel. I don't agree. Because what took place on Pentecost wasn't a return to a common language. It was actually a blessing of what happened at Babel. It was Babel perfected because God made it so that we could understand in every language that day. On the day of Pentecost, God declared all language to be holy and worthy of God's stories, which meant diversity was woven into the very fabric of the early church. We live in a world where words have become toxic. A place where so many isms threaten to divide and destroy us. And if we don't learn the art of speaking and listening to one another across barriers that separate us, we will most certainly burn ourselves to ash. The events that took place beginning in Minneapolis and then spread across the country and then arrived on our doorstep last night in Nashville. Is there anyone who doubts that at least part of what's going on there is we don't know how to speak to and listen to one another? Words matter. They can hurt. They can heal. Have you ever cringed at a frustrated parent as they shame their child in public? Have you ever uttered a hateful word in retaliation of a hateful word hurled at you? Have you ever felt yourself drawn into an angry mob, a real one or a virtual one that spews hate at someone? If so, then you know about words on fire, the harmful kind. But on the other hand, have you ever offered a word of forgiveness to someone who hurt you? The kind of word that restores a fractured relationship? Have you ever offered a word of hope to someone in despair? Have you ever given a word of compassion and love to someone who feels less than? Who has forgotten their value? If so, then you know those words are also words on fire. Because they are words from the Holy Spirit. And those are the kinds of words that transform In our Bible study on Acts the other night, it was a lot of fun to watch as people recognize what was happening at and after Pentecost. Layer after layer of barrier was stripped away until it became abundantly clear that God's intention was that his love and grace was not exclusive. It was for absolutely everybody. So happy birthday, brothers and sisters. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Silence is no longer possible. We are now on fire. And make no mistake, the Pentecostal church recognizes that if we can't welcome those people, the ones who speak and look differently from us, then we can't be God's people either. We wanted to use this time to talk about some God sightings. 
where we've seen the Spirit at work. Sam mentioned earlier this week uh, the salt and light collection. One of the things that really struck me when I went outside, it was raining, and that those guys were all covered up, inviting people into the parking lot to come and drop their stuff off. It was a miserable experience for them, and yet the Spirit, I think, was really driving them out to make that happen. It was really amazing to watch. We're going to share just a couple of these. I know you have your own. Jan Todd sent a message to us talking about an encounter she had with a gentleman she had known from many, many years back when she worked at Vanderbilt Hospital. His name was Pete, uh, and he had been there uh, when she had been in nursing school, and they reminisced about being there together and some of their memories about what the cafeteria was like and what it was like to be a nurse way back in the day when they used to carry medicine in those little white paper cups. And Jan said that they knew where they were in the right place because they wrote the room number on the bottom of those cups. I didn't know that. My mother was a nurse. She didn't share that. But like they had to do bedpan duty back in the day. How, how they used to have six bed wards no air conditioning, having to prepare bodies to take to the morgue. In some, place, in some ways, it was a scary place. But they moved on. They began to talk about what life was like back in those days, too. Like there were no locks on your doors. People would leave their windows up at night. You could ride your bike anywhere. Play outside until your mother called you to come in. You'd sit on your front porch at night and talk to neighbors. He said to me, now all kids do is play video games. He said they hardly get any exercise at all. Then they become morbidly obese and their parents fuss at them for it. We talked about how important religion was in school. She said, taking your children to church, teach the morals and values of respect. And he ended by saying he thought the world had become nothing but concrete and silk flowers. It was a spirit moment for her to run into him, to reconnect. Those are, that's the way the spirit comes to us, isn't it? Unexpectedly, small ways. Rita Maggart, who's a gifted artist, as we all know. In fact, you can see on the screen one of her pieces of work. Rita shared that um, she had a, a show that was going on just for a couple of weeks at the, at the Gordon Jewish Community Center when this, epidemic, when this pandemic s struck. And so they had to shut it down. And I think it grieved her not to be able to share that, that art. And yet now this piece, along with many others, is in our hallway and it will be there until November so that it's got life again. And she found that to be a spirit-filled kind of a thing. But on the basis of this piece, she wrote a verse. And it really is quite beautiful, and I wanted to share it with you. It's called Why. Why on this day of pandemic fear is the sky so blue and the grass so green? And why do the birds continue to sing? And why are so many sick and others feel no pain? Why are some very fearful while others are at peace? Why is this a scary time for some and a gift of time for others? And why do some wring their hands in fear while others wash their hands with hope? Each day, we prepare ourselves for the next. Each day, we are humbled and perplexed. 
Why are there so many questions and so many unknowns? And why are there so many whys? Then we slow down to listen and the answer comes. Each day we die a little, each day we live a lot. All this in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.